0: I'm Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, offering biblical commentary to make sense of the times that we're living in. Today in Part 2 of Post-Pandemic Implications, I want to show you just how close we are to the very end of days. You see, during the pandemic years, we were reliving a 2100-year-old prophecy found in the book of Daniel that we had no knowledge of. And now, the prophetic timetable has fast-forwarded, and we are on the verge of witnessing the fulfillment of an even bigger prophecy. I'm referring to the one in Daniel 9, known as the 70th week which is the final seven years before Messiah comes to establish God's kingdom on earth. The 70th week is known to most Christians as the Tribulation, and we're just a few years away from that. I'm going to tell you about Daniel's prophecy and weave it together with current events so you can see how the 70th week is being set up to unfold. I uncovered a significant event that took place in 2020 that triggered a seven-year countdown to the Day of the Lord, which means if you look at this period as a linear diagram, we've got two significant seven-year periods back-to-back. It's kind of like a seven-year dress rehearsal followed by the seven-year main performance. This is my working theory, and if I am correct in my analysis, as of early 2024, we are now in the last three-and-a-half-year period of the dress rehearsal. I know that many of you have been sensing we are close to being taken out of this earth in the twinkling of an eye, and that brings us excitement. But I have a growing burden for our Jewish brothers and sisters who will be left behind after we are gone. I want you to think about this. Once we are mysteriously taken out of this earth, Israel will feel our absence. There will be no more prayer or financial support coming from Christians because we won't be here. So I am dedicating this episode especially to them. Our Jewish forefathers were faithful to live out every story in the Tanakh so that we would be able to interpret these times and make it to the kingdom. And now we, I believe, are given the assignment to live through this dress rehearsal and show them what will take place during their final seven years and encourage them in the faithfulness of God during their greatest trial. Today, I'll be sharing some of the fine work done by the late Bible prophecy scholar Grant Jeffrey from his book, Armageddon, Appointment with Destiny. And we'll look at two things. First, I want you to understand Daniel's prophecy about the 70th week so that you can see that we're almost there. And secondly, I want you to understand how this applies to the time we're living in now. There is a lot we need to prepare for. What is the 70th week? Let's begin with a little backstory on the prophet Daniel. When King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon conquered Jerusalem in 606 BC, he returned home with a group of royal captives, and that included young Daniel, who spent the rest of his life in Babylon. One of his contemporaries was the prophet Jeremiah who continued to prophesy to the Jews who were still in Jerusalem. In chapter 25, Jeremiah declared that, quote, This whole land, referring to Judah, shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and they shall serve the king of Babylon for seventy years, unquote. Now, this is referred to as the Babylonian Captivity. Sixty-eight years later, Daniel was reading this prediction and knew that 70 years of the Babylonian captivity would end within two years. So he began to ask God to reveal to him the future of the Jewish people. And while he was interceding, God sent his angel Gabriel to give him understanding about the future course of history. And that's when Daniel received one of the most amazing visions ever given to man. This vision of the 70 weeks of years foretold the precise day when Israel would reject and cut off their Messiah. And then the prophet looks forward almost 2,000 years to Messiah's return to set up his everlasting kingdom. Let's look at the three verses where we find this prophecy. Now, by way of introduction, when Daniel uses the phrase 70 weeks, he is referring to the biblical concept of weeks of years. This is a measurement of time, one year for each day. So, 70 weeks means 70 times 7, or 490 years. Here's the passage in Daniel 9, quote, 70 weeks are decreed concerning your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet, and to anoint a most holy place." God is telling Daniel that 490 years have been allotted for Israel from a certain starting point until the very end when transgression, sin, and iniquity have been dealt with and righteousness established in God's kingdom. So the allotted time for Israel is 490 years. Next, Daniel gets specific and tells us when the prophetic time clock begins. Quote, "'Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the word to restore and build Jerusalem,' Unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks, which means sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And after sixty-two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself." Now this passage gives us clues to some important dates. In his book, Jeffrey tells us that in 1895, Sir Robert Anderson, who was a gifted biblical scholar and the head of Scotland Yard, wrote a fascinating review of this amazing prophecy. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version. Sir Robert Anderson wrote that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks, and three score, and two weeks. Now, seven weeks refers to a 49-year period during which the temple was rebuilt, followed by a 62-week time period, which means 62 times seven years, which is 434, ending up with a total of 483 biblical years until Messiah. Now, remember, God gave Israel 490 years, so 483 is seven years short. That is significant. That's the missing 70th week that we're talking about. The command to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem was recorded in history. It was issued by the Persian king Artaxerxes in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of his reign, according to Nehemiah 2. The Talmud says that the first of Nisan is the new year for the computation of the reign of kings, so this decree to rebuild was computed to be March 14, 445 B.C. That date is considered the starting point for this part of Daniel's prophecy. Now, the next big date is the coming of Messiah 483 years from then. Sir Anderson went a step further and computed the number of days for this prophecy. 483 years times 360 days a year equals 173,880 days. And after these days, according to Daniel's prophecy, the Messiah will be cut off. Now here's where it gets really cool. That exact day, 173,880 days from March 14th 445 BC is calculated to be the 10th of Nisan which on our calendar is April 6th 32 AD and this was an incredibly important day for Israel you see that day April 6, 32 A.D. was when Jesus of Nazareth entered Jerusalem on a donkey and presented himself as the Messiah. This was the day Luke writes about in his gospel where Jesus, quote, beheld the city, and he wept over it, saying, Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days shall come upon you when your enemies will cast up a bank about you and hem you in on every side, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation." On that day, Messiah was cut off from the Jewish people. We know from history that five days later Jesus was crucified, and Israel's promised kingdom was postponed for almost 2,000 years. Now, why is this dating important? Jeffrey wrote, quote, When Israel rejected Jesus as their promised Messiah on Palm Sunday, April 6, 32 A.D., on the last day of Daniel's sixty-ninth week of prophecy, one part of God's prophetic time clock was stopped, and the Lord postponed Israel's prophesied kingdom for almost two thousand years. Unquote. Now during this interval between Daniel's sixty-ninth week and the final seventieth week, God created an ecclesia, translated church not a denomination, but a body of Jews and Gentiles who accepted Jesus as the Messiah. This interim time period has been labeled the Church Age, and this age will end when Jesus comes for us in the clouds. And when is that? You should know. That date, as we have discussed many times, will be Tishri 1, which is Rosh Hashanah, the birthday of the world when six days or 6,000 years have been completed. At that moment, the church age will end and the 70th week will begin when God's focus turns once more to His people Israel to fulfill all of the covenant promises of the Jewish forefathers. Interestingly, this 2,000-year pause in the prophetic time clock actually fulfills a passage in the Talmud that shows what first-century Jews believed about the seven-day plan of God. The Talmud says, quote, "...the world will stand for 6,000 years, 2,000 of confusion, 2,000 with the law, 2,000 with Messiah." And one thousand of peace. This is an incredible passage because the Talmud was compiled by devout rabbis living in the second century after the Temple was destroyed by the Romans and Jews were scattered over the face of the earth. And here we are almost at the end of day six. Or to put it another way, almost at the very end of the dress rehearsal of the last seven-year period before the day of the Lord begins. Now, let's return to the Daniel 9 prophecy and what he wrote would happen to Israel after Messiah was cut off. Here's what we read, quote, "...and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary." Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed, We know that the prince who is to come refers to an ungodly leader from the Roman kingdom who destroys the city and the temple. We know it's Rome because that's what happened in 70 AD when Jerusalem was obliterated by the Roman emperor Titus who destroyed the temple the part which says, to the end there shall be war, desolations are decreed, that part is all about what's known in Hebrew as the Ketz. Ketz is a Hebrew word meaning the end, that point in time at the very tail end of the 70 weeks allotted to Israel. So up until the Ketz, Daniel says there will be war, which is what is happening now. The final part of this prophecy reveals the villain in our story, whom we call the Antichrist. Quote, and he, referring to the prince who is to come, shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. That's seven years. And for half of the week, three and a half years into it, he shall cause sacrifice and offering to cease And upon the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator, So at the very beginning of the 70th week, after believers have been taken up to meet the Lord, the Antichrist will enter into a covenant with Israel, some sort of political alliance or binding agreement and this leader will be so cunning and smooth that Israel will agree to the alliance, believing it finally has an ally who will protect them. I believe that one of the things this leader will promise Israel is to rebuild the third temple, because scripture indicates that the temple and all of its religious services will be restored, and even now the religious Jews are looking for Messiah to come lead the temple-building efforts. So the stage is set now in Israel for a Messiah-like figure to come. During these first three and a half years, everything in Israel will appear peaceful. But halfway through this 70th week, something significant will change to make him turn against the Jews with a vengeance, just like Antiochus Epiphanes did in the earlier Roman Empire. Revelation 13 tells us that at the height of his power, the Antichrist will erect a statue of himself in the temple and demand to be worshipped. Jesus refers to this Daniel 9 prophecy in Matthew 24 and says, So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now Unquote. now if this whole scenario sounds familiar to you it should this is the same series of actions that we saw in part 1 when antiochus invaded jerusalem he polluted the temple the sacrifices and offerings stopped and then he set up a statue of Jupiter on the altar demanding the Jews worship. Biblical scholars have always viewed the conflict with Antiochus as foreshadowing the political alliance between the Antichrist and Israel, which turns ugly during the final three and a half years we know as the Great Tribulation. It's as if the Antiochus episode is the dress rehearsal for the final performance during the 70th week. Now, what I want you to see is that the picture of these three actions has repeated itself multiple times. Number one, invade Jerusalem with a powerful army. Number two, pollute the temple. And number three, place an image of a false god on the altar. Now, this repetition is not by chance. This is the way God speaks. As in Ecclesiastes 3, that which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. In other words, God is anxious for those Old Testament pictures to come alive again so that we can recognize what's going on. Last time in Part 1, I showed you that what we lived through during the pandemic followed this same pattern, same three events. Number one, an invasion by an invisible army of genetic material. Number two, the vaccine pollutes the bodily temples of all the Jews in Israel. And number three, the vaccine was used to carry the DNA likeness of Satan the abomination of desolation and place it on the spiritual altars of everyone who took it. Now, if what I'm proposing is valid, it has to align totally with the picture that God gave us in his word, and we're missing a step. And I mentioned that in the very beginning of this episode. It's the event that kicked off the seven-year dress rehearsal. Remember, in all these prophecies, Daniel 9, Daniel 11, Matthew 24, and Revelation 13, the first thing that happens before anything else is an alliance, a covenant, an agreement of some sort between an entity connected to the Roman Kingdom and Israel. So, was there an alliance in 2020? There was. The NIH reported that in December of 2020, Israel signed an agreement with Pfizer to purchase enough doses to vaccinate its entire population against COVID-19. Pfizer is a German company aligned with the final kingdom responsible for developing and mandating the mRNA vaccines. By July fifteenth, 2022, Israel had enough doses to vaccinate 100% of the population, and that date, July fifteenth, was the 16th of Tammuz. This date is known by devout Jews as the time of the breach, commemorating the historical date when the walls around Jerusalem were breached by both Babylon and Rome, which led to the destruction of both temples. What I want you to see is the metaphorical language at work here. An alliance happens between Rome and Israel. The walls around Jerusalem are breached, bringing about an invading army, the pollution of the temple, and the likeness of a false god set up on the altar. In the days of Antiochus, it happened during Hanukkah. In 2020, this agreement also happened during Hanukkah. This alliance between Israel and the final world kingdom not only caused a breach in their cellular walls, but in their border walls as well. To confirm what I'm proposing, three and a half years after this agreement and national pollution by Rome Israel was invaded by Hamas on October 7, 2023, during Holy Week. That's God's exclamation point to show that, indeed, Israel was breached by Rome. Hamas had no trouble piercing Israel's Iron Dome, which the Jews have trusted in, saying it is the best air defense system in the world. God showed them otherwise— to return to him as their defender and their shield. Sadly now, the nation is plunged into a season of war that Daniel said will continue all the way to the Ketz, to the end. Next time in Part 3, we're going to look more closely at what it means to be living in the final three-and-a-half-year period of this dress rehearsal. Our next stop, is the rapture, the event that signals several things. First, it ends the seven-year dress rehearsal that we are in now. It ends the church age. And it triggers the 70th week that begins with seven years of tribulation. Messiah is coming very soon to call out those who are His My prayer is that you have received his gift of salvation by saying, Jesus, I accept you as the promised Messiah and give my life to serve your purposes while I'm still on this earth. My prayer is that we go together and we meet soon in the kingdom. Thank you for being with me today. If you want to share this with others, you'll find this episode on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com Join me again next time for Lessons in the Latter Days. God bless.